Thank you for joining us for an episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. People like me, Michelle Kane with Voice Matters, and my ever-steady co-host, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. Hi, Karen. How are you today? (laughs) I I am good. We got a little peak of sunshine this morning, and it was way overdue. We had lingering winter weather here in Michigan. So I feel pretty good because the sunshine definitely recharges me. It's so true. You don't realize until you haven't had it for a few days and you think, oh, come on, sunshine. Yes, yes. It's definitely, we had had a little taste of summer, but now we're back to actual spring. But I've, I don't know. It's, it was sunny up until probably an hour ago. Yeah. And, uh, but I've been kind of refusing. I'm like, I'm not wearing a jacket. I don't care if I'm cold. I'm past that. I've been back in winter clothes because I couldn't take it anymore. And I was freezing because it, right. it hasn't just been lack of sun. It's actually been, it's just been winter here. So yeah. everybody's oh. still been in their winter gear, which, you know, kind of stinks considering it's the end of, you know, April, People. but hopefully May brings <sighs> Well, as the great purple one said, sometimes it snows in April. <laughs> <laughs> And sometimes, as we're going to talk about today, sometimes changes in social media and our landscape can also make you a bit bonkers. So (laughs) we're good. And, you know, it's not just Twitter and the whole mess over there. It's, you know, where are people spending their time now and what components have changed and how does that impact how you find your audiences, right? And how, you know, it's, it almost feels like the, the beginning of social media where, where, you know, I think not that we've become complacent, but we for a while, we kind of knew, all right, that's that, that's that. We know where to find everything. And suddenly they moved our cheese all over the place. So yeah. we want to just touch on that today and, yeah. you know, talk about our experiences. And, you know, please do hit us up at soloprpro.com and share your experiences because we really want to hear about it. You know, it's interesting. I saw um, yesterday someone talk about a reporter was discussing and and that Twitter really, Twitter in particular became part of like our habits. Like it's, it's pretty much ingrained. We, for the past, you know, decade, we've been, you know, we would go to Twitter and we would use it for like real time news Mm -hmm. and we're accustomed to, you know, for PR professionals developing relationships or, you know, maintaining relationships with journalists there, we would source queries there, we would see what people were up to. And it just, you know, it, it kind of was built into our daily habits, much like Facebook was the place where you, you know, we just learned to go to find, you know, keep up with family and friends. And now there's so many revenge Twitter sites. Um, right. oh, I love that. Revenge Twitter people sites. are dispersed. I mean, and now yeah. Substack has notes. So people are, you know, communicating over there around, you know, posts that are authored and which is sort of a new old version of what the blog post used to be. The blog right. post used to be the community gathering place. Everybody would go and comment on blogs every day and, um, you know, and then you have these algorithms that have changed oh, everywhere. You've got completely. Google changing, you've got even YouTube changing and, you know, YouTube is another social media site and their ad revenue has dropped to 6.7 billion in the first quarter of this year. And so with their, you know, 
2.6% year over year decline, people are really wondering like, okay, creators, but then also, you know, enterprises, we have clients, we all have clients that have YouTube channels. And, you know, we've all been told for such a long period of time that it's a great way to, you know, have your own thought leadership platform and share information with your audience. Well, if ad revenue is dropping and algorithms are changing and TikTok shorts are becoming more popular than YouTube, it, it just, you know, we're faced with a lot of questions about where in the heck do we spend our time and where do we tell our clients to spend their time? So true. So true. And it, it also brings back the notion, or should I say it's you know, a core principle always own your real estate, always have a website, always try to be building your email list because then these questions aren't as potent. I mean, there's definitely a space for social to amplify your message. And yeah, I mean, there are a lot of question marks of where are your audiences spending your time? And from the professional development side, where are our colleagues and our contacts spending their time and how can they be found and you know we'll throw into the mix of i don't think it's imminent but you know the status of tiktok is it going to stick around we don't know so there are a lot of questions and you know another core you know best practice has always been you know don't try to be on all the social things all at once you'll just make yourself crazy and you'll you're not only dilute your energy you'll dilute your effectiveness so it's best thing to do is to just take some time you know, remind yourself <laughs> who is the audience for your client and just look around and see, okay, where are these people spending their most time? And yeah. and take it from there. And the, the nice thing about social and, and digital, you know, the digital world is you have that liberty to be nimble. You know, so I it's agree. not, you know, it's not like you're building this massive website with message boards and you're going to launch it. It's just, okay, well, this doesn't seem to be working. I mean, you certainly want to give it enough time to work. I mean, we all know these delicate balances, right? Give it enough time to work. But if it doesn't seem to be gaining traction, then move on. You know, it's, it's interesting, because I used to do a lot of social media strategy and management when it first came on the scene. And for many years after that, and I last year made the decision that I was out. And recently someone approached me and I'm like, no, thank you. I mean, I've gotten asked to do, and I'm like, no, I'm done with social media. But my advice back then was the same, you know, prioritize, don't try to be on all the channels. And we had far fewer channels back then too. But the magic words that you said for me is don't neglect building your own email list. And that's still so key and a great way to stay in touch with your audience. And, and I think for B2B or B2C companies, it doesn't matter. It's so important to have one reliable channel where people can get up-to-date, accurate information. This morning, my sister was going to try this restaurant that's been around and one that I'm familiar with. And she went to the website to check their hours. Big mistake. These days, when it comes to the food industry in particular, or even stores, I usually just call because 
websites are not being maintained, which, you know, sometimes it's because they have a one-off, you know, maybe they don't have staffing for that day. So yes, those are their normal hours, but that day they can't be open their normal hours or, and, and so she got there and they were not going to be open for an hour later. And Mm -hmm. I said, didn't you check the hours beforehand? She goes, well, the website said, well, the website is usually the last place that (laughs) I look for hours these days. I'll go to Instagram or one of the social media channels to see what they said on that day. Right. Um, I realize it's a day by day and then I'll call just to be that's a good that's a good point and you know google business listings can be reliable i like that google um indicates the last time hours were updated because it lets yeah. you know oh okay Absolutely. yeah Absolutely. but yeah you're you're right it's you know it's and shifting if your sands hours are fluctuating or in this case the reason that they were opening later is because they were preparing for an event oh. so if you have those kind of one offs or there's some fluctuation you still need to make sure that that information is easily accessible to your audience. But, you know, not everybody is, you know, a food business. Not everybody even has brick and mortar offices anymore in technology, which is, you know, the industry that I specialize in. Almost no one has an office. They're all remote. You still need to make sure that there's one channel that you are posting on frequently that you are, you know, so that, People know like, oh, let me go check their X. Right. I vote for website. I always vote for website because it's it's the one thing that that no one else has control over but you. As Michelle said, it's your real estate. It's your domain. And so you should always at least have your website updated all the time, at all times, with all of the latest information, with all of the happenings. Because that's the one place that people will like, okay, let's check the website. Let's head right. there and see what's going on. And then pick a social channel. I, you know, today for me and for most of my clients, it's really LinkedIn mm-hmm. and a newsletter. Yeah. And of course their website. Right. Right. And LinkedIn is, you know, I've I've seen a huge uptick in requests um, of me to subscribe to people's newsletters on LinkedIn and hey. Yeah. You know, that that could work for you as well. At least it's a place where, you know, depending what your type of business is, like-minded people will be congregating the people that you might be doing business with or for are hanging out. And, you know, we, we all know this. We all know the social platforms have different purposes, right? If you're trying to get something out to the public, it's... It's different ways. It's Facebook. And, you know, I mean, yeah. gosh, even, you know, I, I still work in social media. I still manage pages. Um, it's not as fun as it used to be. But, you know, I, I keep telling, you know, some of my clients that get frustrated. I say, hey, you're going to get so tired of your content because, you know, the 80-20 rule uh, with the way the algorithm is, does it really pay off? You know, sure, I'll share other people's things as a really as a way of networking online, right? Um, but if you're trying to get your message out consistently, you know, I had I had someone ask, it's a it's a brick and mortar retail establishment. You know, no one's no one's calling. The call to action is, you know, the little phone icon and the phone number. And I had to say, I'm like, well, they're they're probably not going to. That's we do it as a point of reference. To, to, you know, slowly, subliminally plant that maybe on the 12th time they see it, if they're ready for your service, that's another factor. 
then maybe they'll call. But at least I want it there at their fingertips, because as we all know, the less clicks, the better. We don't like to have to dig down rabbit holes to do business with somebody. And I think, you know, for communicators that do still manage social media, one key skill set that I have heard clients asking for and just, you know, lots of organizations continuously seeking out are people that are experienced in social media ads, particularly ads. So if that's not a skill set that you're particularly good at, but you're in, you know, you you offer social media, I would advise, you know, trying to beef up your skill set in that area because people do want that. I also, you know, believe that it's really important these days to also think granular. I watch Reddit for one of my clients and it's a gold mine of engagement because people are talking about my client there in a positive way, but it also gives us an opportunity to watch anything that is, you know, not quite accurate information, you know, are they, and it, so it helps us with our messaging. It helps us to see what questions are being asked. And some audiences are gathering in smaller, more intimate Mm -hmm. places. They're not necessarily on Twitter, um, particularly again, if you're dealing with the general public. Right. And when I say general public, I'm, I mean, it could be consumers, it can be employees, you know, you know, if you're in the workforce space, then, you know, part of your market might be people that work at the companies that you work with. And so I think it's important to not ignore those niche spaces that are more intimate, which can be very appealing for a lot of people these days, because it feels quieter, more manageable. And so many people are not on the big channels. You know, if any of us stop for a second and think about your friends that are not in this business, they're not in communications, they're not in marketing. How many of them have a Twitter account? Right, right. Or, or even a, even a Facebook account. I am, and, and I see that both with my peers and also I would say millennials, even Gen Z, they're just not there, which is important to keep in mind because yeah. even as you do a lot of work in those channels, which is valid, keep in mind that people are spending their time in other spaces, which we can devolve into a whole other con- you know, conversation about how you, know, you should be using all sorts of different mediums. But today's all about how social media is like a popcorn machine with a door open. <laughs> It's just uh-huh. all over I love that. It's true. You know, if I see one more network pop up, oh. I, you know, at this point, I'm like, okay, Stop. I give up. You know, in in the immediate changeover of Twitter, I did establish accounts on Post and Mastodon and some of the right. other places, but I just have I, decided personally for my own personal use that I, yeah. I'm like, you know what, I don't care about any of it. To yeah. be honest with you, I do try to use LinkedIn, you know, right. kind right. of occasionally. And then of course, Instagram, because mm-hmm. I have my boss account and her account is way more active than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God for our pets. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, no, it's true. Really, I, I think that it's so complex for us communicators because there's just so many choices and, and it's really divided our audience into so many pieces because they're not hanging out in one place anymore. I mean, 
And think about the media landscape too. You know, the okay. same thing happened, but now we're kind of seeing that shift happening. I think we're going to end up with fewer media channels because right. they can't make money. And right. I, so the theme of media and social media these days is the lack of ad revenue. Right. That is really the theme. They're both struggling with getting people to advertise and yeah. without advertising dollars, you right. don't have money. Right. And, you know, you think about the dilution of the audiences with more, with more channels comes, you know, less eyeballs across yeah. the board. And yeah, that, that's going to affect all of that. So, uh, you know, it's just important to keep all of this in mind as, as we serve our clients and, you know, as best you can just take, take your time and, and, see where other similar clients maybe are spending their time and just keep evaluating, which I think all of us do. We all do this, but we just thought we'd talk about this today because, you know, but sometimes you're like, another channel? Yeah. <sighs> because the podcast is therapy for us sometimes. Go, that's right. feeling the overwhelm <laughs> of social media dilution and algorithms algorithm mean too much. (laughs) Exactly. So we hope you've gotten value out of this today. We know we have. I feel better. I don't know about you, Karen. I feel a lot better. (laughs) But if you if you did get something out of it, please share it around because I'm sure there are many more of us out there going, what? And um, we do value the time that you give us and that you spend with us every week. And until next time, thanks for joining us on That Solo Life. Mm